Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. Welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. And we are joined today by Zoe Williams. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> I just can't match your cheerful voices. <gasps> oh, it's so good you're here. Now, for those of you who don't know Zoe, who are you? Why aren't you uh, reading The Guardian? She, <laughs> <laughs> Zoe writes political commentary, interviews, reviews for The Guardian. You've been restaurant reviewer for The Telegraph, is this right? And you've written <laughs> numerous publications, uh, including Glamour magazine and London cyclist yeah well I was there were loads and loads of people who only read the London cyclist who never read any other kind of media (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then you've also written books uh, The Madness of Modern Parenting What Not to Expect When You're Expecting and recently Get It Together Why We Need Better Politics (laughs) yeah say it like that Get It Together yeah yeah is that that how you heard it in your head sorry when you came up with the title it was yeah it was like really really tetchy Get It Together really angry Australian yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. so Zoe Tell us about your family. Right, so I've got these two children. They are terrible malingerers, and I'm a real pushover. And their dad always goes, "No, nobody's ill in this family. And I always go, seriously, you've got to imagine a world in which just because you're not ill doesn't mean nobody else is ill. And he goes, I know that child isn't ill, and I'm like, I think she should stay off. And then she stays off 20 minutes later, happy as a clam. That's right. She's playing karaoke on the Xbox. It's the story of my entire life. That's going to be when they when they say whatever happened to her, what happened to her career, it will be, she, unfortunately, she believed that I'm ill once too often. Wow. <laughs> no. But no, my, da- so my daughter is the six-year-old and my son is the eight-year-old. Mm. I, think, I genuinely think they're about as handsome as any two human beings have ever been. Oh. But you know... I mean, other parents obviously like their children, so and I can I can I can understand that intellectually, but I don't understand why they don't prefer mine. <laughs> they are the superior <laughs> beings. <laughs> yeah, well, you haven't met mine. Let's just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so uh, you wrote this book, The Madness mm. of Modern Parenting. Why do you think modern parents are mad? Well, it's really it, it's so interesting that in a way. I kind of didn't touch the sides with that book because the truth of it is there's that we hold ourselves we're held to incredibly high standards right from the minute we get pregnant we're held to absolutist almost totalitarian standards any decision you make has to be filtered through what it will do to your fetus any no, there's no such thing as acceptable risk so it's up to the point that two years ago women were being told not to sit on new furniture um, because of this, because of this chemical. They're already compound. pregnant. What could was the worst? <laughs> there was a chemical compound, and they didn't know whether it caused birth defects. So women who were worried, inverted commas, because it's radio, um, 
were advised not to use new furniture or use new saucepans. There's a whole host of things they shouldn't use. So that, to me, was a kind of apotheosis of the crazy, crazy, nutty standards we're being held to. Um, and your kind of fitness as a mother and your fitness as a woman is is viewed through the vigilance with which you see risk in the outside world, right? Mm. But you're not in a very strong position at that point to resist these messages because you really need a bit of help. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what is dangerous. You don't know what isn't dangerous. So even though there's strong alarm bells going off in your head, this sounds like rubbish, the 5% of you that just wants a healthy baby and everybody to help you mm. just just says, okay, just knuckle down and, and don't eat mushrooms and don't eat bagged salad and don't eat tuna. Um, and then the other rest of you thinks... But I think that we're creating a kind of febrile, slightly hysterical um, world without a sense of perspective. Middle class mothers, I find, are then despised for the things that they do do. Mm. So the whole kind of um, all the all the stuff around, oh, with her organic this and her giant buggy taking up the whole pavement. There's a real narrative around middle class mothers and by middle class, they don't really it's not really a class signifier because middle class doesn't really mean anything anymore. You know, it yeah. can mean anything from 28 grand to 300 grand. So it's, it's not really a class thing. It's more an attitude thing. The kind of mother who is vigilant about her child's health really annoys me. Mm. Um, and then, and then you think, well, I can see, I can completely see your point, especially from my distance where my kids are eight and six and I can I look at women with tiny babies freaking out about one drop of formula milk and think I can see the I can see the lens through which that is seen as a really self involved, um, disproportionate way to live. But it's actually not their fault. They're being Mm. pummeled with this stuff yeah. day and night from the minute they get pregnant. So what do you think what do you think the solution so, is? What should we be doing? So long. No, no, no. no, no. Those, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well done, Zoe. Word to your mother. I think that's literally the longest sentence anybody's ever said. Um, I like it. uh, Well, I don't know, you see. I think think we need more kind of solidarity between ourselves. Mm. Because we... Because the the one thing that does kind of chill you out when you're kind of, oh, no, it won't feed. Oh, I've got to breastfeed. Otherwise, it will be six IQ points lower. Oh, (laughs) I've got to breastfeed. Otherwise, it's going to get cancer when it's older. Which, by the way, is completely wrong. Um... The one thing that actually talks you down out of that mood is when you is when you're with another mother that you trust, mm. um, because actually that's become the kind of reading of human normalcy that scientific advice is no longer able to give us because they're just yeah. not they're not using their own breaks of kind of reason and proportionality. Yeah, and I think even if you're you know, that's and the other thing is even if you do do follow all the rules that like when I was pregnant with Joe, I you know, I never ate brie, I never had rare steak, which I love, I didn't have blue cheese or you know, and I washed my hands religiously, all of, I did all the things, I still got the norovirus and he was still two months early. You still so, got norovirus. Yeah, so I might as well have add a T bone, is well, what yeah. I'm saying. But I but that this is what really annoys me about it underneath is that you know, that is a horrible thing to happen and two months early is really hair raising. I can mm. imagine I, that didn't happen to me, but I know I've got friends who it did, and that was a kind of terrible emotional toll on you. But and and there are other terrible things that can happen, you know, terrible, terrible, and most of them have 
nothing to do with what you ate or drank or did yeah. or mm. how you behaved. And I just think that's really outrageous to women, you mm. know. Yeah, it's, 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 there are different rules for pregnant women. And you're a sane, normal person before you get pregnant. Yeah. You know, 99% of us are. And then you get pregnant and then something happens where you become public property, mm. everyone has an opinion, you, you suddenly see the world through completely different eyes. And... Yeah, that's what I I hated. I hated the how new scrutiny. I know, I know, and and and, you know, walking through John Lewis after three hours sleep, and my baby crying, and I picked her up, and then two people turned around saying, "See, she just needed a cuddle," and I just (laughs) thought, "Fuck you, just fuck off." I was like, "I'm doing this for the first time," and you just you you're not you know you're not supporting me. You're judging me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I think I think that's. That's another flip side of it is that you do feel really when when it's all raw bound, mm. you never feel supported. You always feel really judged, and it always makes me laugh with the breastfeeding lobby. I mean, I love breastfeeding; I thought it was really fun. Mm. But um, you know, it it doesn't work for everyone, right? It's not yeah. for everyone. Yeah. But um, they 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 they're always like it is for everyone. Mothers just need support. There's always this support word, and I'm thinking. I wonder what your support really looks like. It, I bet you it looks like you standing over them with pursed lips going, try harder. <laughs> <laughs> just, just breastfeed all the time. Yeah, yeah, just. Why do you think so many of us just feel like we're failing all the time? It's really, I mean, I think there's a lot, there's a lot about the kind of social pressure and you, nothing you ever do can be perfect. There's a lot about that thing with people mm. watching you and John Lewis and fucking not being able to remember what a two-year-old is like. Mm. Yeah, um, they were then, two as well. And looking, think, at, yeah. looking at you as though, as though you, you, there's some control you should have. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, just taking as a baseline assumption that you don't know chuffle about anything. Mm. Um, and, and, and so that kind of fosters a sense of failure. I remember my mother saying, why don't your children do anything you say? And at the time, my son was three, just three, and my daughter was one. And I was like, they don't, they don't, they don't. But of course I was really knackered. So I, yes. It was about three days later that I was like, neither of them can reason. <laughs> <laughs> They're <laughs> idiots, mother. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't actually got the vocabulary to yes. put a rational thought together. Yeah. So the idea that they would obey me is <laughs> just preposterous. Yeah. And then that made me feel really resentful because I was thinking... Either you probably obviously you can't remember at all what having small children was like, mm. but did you used to expect me to obey you when I was one? Because if you did, that's really out of order. Yeah, and that explains a lot about yeah. why I'm so fucked up. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Thank you. But I also think there's that kind of. I read this in. Do you know that Nigella Lawson book, How to Eat? Ellie yeah. has all of them alphabetized on her shelf. They're not alphabetized, Helen. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah, because... They're color coded. Oh, they're color coded. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How do you code between. Anyway, I'm not going to ask that. <laughs> I'm going well, you know say. the bit where she says, it might not be how to eat, it might be domestic goddess. But anyway, there's a bit where she says, this is how I, what I always plan to do with my children and be really nice, luscious, peaceful mummy before I turn into shouty, impatient, yelling mummy. <laughs> Um, and I, my kids were really, really small. I think maybe I only had one at that point. And I was like, God, I can't imagine shouting at my lovely baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Sorry. I know. And I was like, she seems so nice, Nigella, but she can't be nice because who would shout at their lovely children? <laughs> oh. and, then, and then, you know, 
the first time you're in the road with your two-year-old going, you're ruining everything for everybody. <laughs> um, and I think you do feel like a failure because you do always fail in your own expectations. You do, do yeah. even aside from everybody else's expectations, mm. your own expectations of eternal, of, of like eternal peace and love are frequently not met even by breakfast. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ellie and I thought we'd be hosting the Bake Off by now, but it hasn't yeah. happened. I know. And I, I cry know. every day about that. <laughs> We're not even on an extra slice for crying out oh, loud. Oh, Jesus. What do you think about the argument that, kind of on the flip side of that, there's now too much of a culture of, shall we say, I don't know, scummy mummies, of, <laughs> <laughs> of people kind of um, moaning too much about how hard parenting is and, you know. Oh, that's another thing. People are never allowed to moan, and that annoys me as well. But. That's two separate questions, isn't it? One of them is, have we gone too far the other way? And there's a kind of hardcore of mothers saying, I genuinely don't care, my children are allowed to eat dirt. And I don't think those mothers exist. I think even the Mm. really scummy ones like us, (laughs) I think we're still much more on it than the generation before us would have been. I don't know. I probably let my children eat more crisps than dirt. Government guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so thirsty all the time? Not wrong cocktail, please. Worcester sauce. <laughs> but I, I think I don't know. I think the line is like for us. We talk a lot about the terrible, scummy things we do, like feeding them endless fish fingers and crisps, and and you know watching a bit of iPad and that. But we we do love them, and we hope yeah, that yeah, that yeah. comes across. Um, I think I think the. PND thing is really real and I know loads of people who got postnatal depression and didn't even realise that they'd been low level depressed for four years mm. um, and I think that's a kind of separate thing really isn't it but I can't imagine I can't imagine really hating your children unless there was something unless there was unless you were depressed in some other way you know there's a, the, 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 this is another thing about the narrative in a way that a lot of it forgets that the baseline norm is obliterating love. So there's all kind of, well, of course you need to do face-to-face with your baby and do this and do that. And it's like, and it's said as though that that wouldn't be where your whole heart was. Um, and there's a lot of kind of difference paths between one class and another. So like middle-class mummies do a lot of talking, whereas working-class mummies strap their babies into a buggy and don't, and point them at a wall. That was like genuinely said in a government report. Oh, stop. Wow. I know. And it's like, and it, and it really, it really, I feel like that kind of the assumption of endless love has been lost from the picture of motherhood. And if mm. you look at motherhood as it was depicted in the 50s or the 70s or even you know the Bowlby attachment theory Spock and discipline even Gina Ford to an extent they were all working within a framework that mothers love their babies mm. and that I don't think that framework is is there now but I think that's I think it's kind of been eroded for political reasons in a way yeah it feels like mothers start from from nowhere, from a blank piece of paper, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where, you know, we're so desperate to do everything right that we feel like we know nothing, when yeah. we probably know instinctively more yeah. than we give ourselves credit for. I just remember I remember uh, in my own NCT group when we all started weaning mm. and just the panic on people, are, are we on, uh, which which day of Annabelle Carmel are we on? Are, we, are you doing pumpkin puree? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just losing it. And, like, mm-hmm. it's just a bit of mashed banana, you know, mm-hmm. like, let it go. I remember like, my sister... Um, <laughs> braising beetroot in wine and what? I was like really she's like well the alcohol boils off and you know wine if you give them it's a tiny grapes. amount gives it, they get a taste for it for later. <laughs> 
we're thinking of going to France in 16 years and we wanted to prepare yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want one of those fussy children. <laughs> no one wants a fussy child, but we all get fussy children. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I wish I'd known. That's something I wish I'd known. So what gets you through the day as a parent, Zoe? Oh, well, I, mine are at school, right? So ah, the day, the day gets me gets through, you the through the day. day. <laughs> <laughs> then I just have to worry about what's going to get me through the early evening. Yeah. <laughs> um... I was doing this debate last night about whether everything that was wrong with this country was the Daily Mail. And, um, and what did you say? What did you say? Well, what I said was, but basically I did a bit, a little bit about kind of, you know, the way it pits people against each other. And it's a bully and it's like mm. fixes on the unemployed or the disabled or the immigrant or, you know, it's constantly trying to other people so that, so that people who are feeling precarious can hate them. Mm. Um, and it's that kind of Lord Rothermere thing. Every day I wake up. And I, and I know it's satisfied that I've made millions of people hate somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we aim for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have that on the wall of our office. <laughs> One of the kind of key stories was this kind of immigrant, people it comes up a lot when you do interviews with like normal people in the street, the immigrant who comes over and has no intention of working but has a bunch of kids and wants us all to support them. And I'm like, literally, there's nothing harder in the world than having two children except having three, except having four. Mm. So the idea that you were a, a lazy person would have a bunch of kids <laughs> is, it's like, it's just unthinkable. Yeah. It's just absolutely unthinkable. It's the last thing a lazy person would ever do. But even as I was saying it, I could see, I was looking at this audience and I was thinking, only probably one in ten of you know what I'm talking about. The half of you are too young, half of you are too old and you've forgotten, mm. half of you are too male, you just don't do it, mm. you do it from one Saturday morning and mm. you think that's... And then there's probably a handful of you, because most of the people who do know what I'm talking about are at home because they can't get babysitter. <laughs> the rest of society genuinely thinks it's all Starbucks and chatting. Mm. Um, and it's very hard to explain why it's not that, because you're like, oh, well, then they look at you and you can't go and do something else because... Because, because you're, you're their company, but yeah. they're not very good company for you. And when you're, <laughs> when you're at Starbucks, you do look happy because you're yeah, not at home yeah, exactly. crying over cracked nipples and half your fanny falling out of your trousers. Exactly. Like, like, we don't do that at Starbucks because, you know, Starbucks would be the treat that you spent two hours leaving the house for, having a nervous breakdown, changing two nappies, changing a pad, answering the phone call from the plumber, paying the gas bill. And then, and then you get to have coffee for half an hour and be judged by assholes. Like, you know, know. that's, that's, that's the joy of maternity leave. (laughs) (laughs) But also, don't you find it's quite difficult to remember what it is that's so hard? Well, it's not difficult for you because you've got a one-year-old. <laughs> but I find it really hard to remember why it's so hard. Mm. But it is really hard. Yeah. And because it's not the tidying up, because I never used to tidy up anyway. It's not the... It's the, For me, it's just the tiredness, because Joe still wakes up every one to two hours, so it's just the... Just, like, yeah, yeah. everything is much more effort. Mm-hmm. Everything requires much more thought and care, so I don't fuck it up. And, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just my... Just the effort of keeping my brain engaged is is exhausting. Mm. Happy times <laughs> on the podcast. Hey. Uh, <laughs> no, do you think we've made? Do you think we've put anybody off? Oh. Oh. Well, look, I think that's enough parenting. Yeah, chat. yeah, yeah, yeah. No Let's one change cares the about that. Let's move on to yeah. real stuff. Yeah. yeah. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What are we doing now, Helen? We're doing book chat. Oh, yeah, a bit of book chat. Book chat. Get it together. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, uh, which is just such a great title. I'm so yeah. glad it was available for you. Like, well, did you, like, Google, no, no, like... No, no, no. I was, I was kind of trying to think of really powerful... Slogans of solidarity, and mm. literally every single one of them had been used as the title of a Labour manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> so your book, uh, the Internationale, is <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's called Get It Together, and you've you've written about politics for many years. But why did you stay? Why did you decide that now is the time to write a book? Do you know it was such a bad decision? <laughs> It was really terrible. I mean, it's like that book has the shortest window of relevance of any book I've ever come across. A bit like life. this podcast, I'm guessing, yeah. <laughs> but it, like, so it came out on the 7th of April, 2015, and then the election was the 7th of May. Obviously, I thought politics would remain broadly unchanged, but it was not unchanged. It was changed quite a lot. And then Corbyn comes then along. Corbyn comes <laughs> along in September. Yeah. So it's just about, it's relevant for one month, then it's just about almost relevant for another three months. Then it's completely irrelevant. I liked like, it, Zoe. Oh, well, I learned you. stuff. I was oh, like, well, oh, now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think there was definitely work to be done. What bothered mm. me was that there was a lot of stuff that just wasn't, that people just weren't making, they were making the wrong connections. So they mm. would basically say, you know if you look at adult social care for example they'll constantly go aging population that's why we're all so skinned and you go hang on a second councils can't afford it because they've outsourced it to private companies who've sold the property to hedge fund to private equity companies and they walked away with 20 million quid and now the all the council's money is going to servicing the rent that's why we can't afford it the fact that we're all getting old as well doesn't help mm. and it was that kind of thing it's like you know the nhs is bust no hang on a second those pfi deals that they did in the 90s and the noughties basically locked them into repayments that were that dwarfed the original debt and that they couldn't have afforded in the first place that's why it's unaffordable it's not because we're all ill or fat it's there are real systemic financial reasons based on the decisions that were made over the past 30 years that 
have changed the way we live and changed the, what we can afford. And, mm. and we need to think radically about how we're going to get out of these situations. Um, and I kind of felt like if you put all that in one place, it might be useful. It was. Well, I mean, yeah. look, all of that stuff is important, Zoe, but <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn's got a rubbish suit. <laughs> <laughs> David Cameron knows what's really important David to Cameron the people this country. David Cameron fucked a pig. Yeah. <laughs> he did fuck a pig. And if I'd known that, it would have been a different book. <laughs> oh, but I mean, what do you think about this? So we were talking about the thing the other day where, yeah, Jeremy Corbyn asks a quite a serious question in PMQs about the health service and stuff. And Cameron's response is just to take the piss out of him. I know. And well, I mean, do you, do you, does it make you despair a bit? Do you think we're entering a whole new era of nutty toffs bullying us? <laughs> what do you mean new era? <laughs> These nutty toffs are bullying us. I mean, look, I think my feeling with parliamentary politics is that it's completely bust and Jeremy Corbyn is not on his own going to be able to solve the true bustication of this. Mm. But... Do I think that it can't change quite fast? No, I think change is really, really fast when it happens. Really fast. And there's so many things happening that I think are quite exciting in terms of kind of mobilisation. So people talk a lot. If you look at the way the Bernie Sanders campaign worked in America, and loads of the energy that that came up around that was based on kind of crowdsourcing, plotting battlegrounds, throwing a huge amount of money behind a candidate, basically operating like the corporate lobby lobbyists but operating like that as citizens and i think there's going to be a massive massive change in the way politics actually works quite soon i mean you mentioned america there what like what do you what do you think of donald trump because when i think about donald trump i think ah! yeah, <laughs> do you have a similar reaction <sighs> i mean fuck <laughs> yeah that's that's a good one so, yeah you just want to bang your head on the table it's like really, how is this happening it's really extraordinary but it does make you feel um, i suppose intellectually i find it so interesting that that kind of very binary totalitarian thinking mm. never went away and when you in when, when you when you kind of learnt, learnt about it when you're a kid it seems so alien you're like that could never happen now what a different world that must have been for people to be like that mm. Um, but that, it didn't go away. It was just waiting for the conditions of, you know, hardship to resurface. And then yeah. people would... Would I take a no, a zero Trump in exchange for a zero Sanders? I would not. Hmm. Because I think if right-wing populism is the price you have to pay for left-wing radicalism, and, you know, I can imagine people just exploding, what makes Trump populist while Sanders is radical? That's just my view. Um... <laughs> If, if that, I, I'm, I'm happy to take that risk just to throw the dice. If you see what I mean. Mm. Some young activist said she felt like the the dice were in the air, and how we breathe at this moment is going to change the outcome. It's some kind of young person's Taoist. Was she high? <laughs> it's, aren't they always? High? <laughs> um, well, that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember it. Um, but I kind of, I, I quite like that because there is a there's a kind of element of that that you know. The dice are in the air, and mm. um, it, and they could fall in a horrible way, but yeah. actually they needed to go into the air. Yeah, no, like it, in Star Wars, where there's too many Jedi, isn't it? It's like that. Is it? Yeah. Is it? There's there's one where Yoda's <laughs> like, you've got to bring. There's too much imbalance to the Force. The Sith are part of the balance. They're part of the thing, ah. man. You might not say man. I can't. <laughs> Well, not in that order anyway yeah, but but I mean out of, out of this madness I mean yeah. and people talk about this 
like during Thatcher's time as well, mm. you get this great art and this great movement. And I think you're right about it's, it is like the light side and the dark side. Yeah, it was a very yeah. good metaphor, Ellie. Yeah, mm. very good. Very Thanks, good. Yeah, yeah. It worked hard. And that's when you get good art and you get good comedy as well. Like people actually. When we, we, I mean, we've noticed, like, it, since doing comedy the last couple of years, there, w- there was very little political satire because yeah, it yeah, did yeah, seem yeah, so yeah, yeah. blur, you yeah, know, like, yeah, no one yeah. was like, oh, it's all right, I know, I know, everything's I know, fine. Yeah, yeah. And then David Cameron fucked a pig! Hooray! <laughs> and then comedy gold! <laughs> and then Trump, Trump wanted to be president. More comedy! Yay. Um, sorry. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think we do need to be laughing and engaging more there is not enough political yeah, you know, yeah, satire yeah. and and discussion about that i think they should do a new television comedy program about politics perhaps hosted by two women for a change that's <laughs> yeah, a change yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i like you it think, zoe <laughs> i think that's a really really good idea let's call zoe it, williams endorses it there <laughs> let's are. call it the wow show oh, <laughs> that's a good one see what i've done see see oh. all right so so i read your book and mm. one of the you know big themes obviously is inequality and one of the first oh, yeah, yeah. stories Stories yeah, you start yeah, with yeah. is about you going to a hedge fund's house. Oh God, the hedgy! So I go to this house, right? And he's there was a guy who did foreign exchange there. There was a woman who worked for one of the big kind of UBS style banks. Money it was yeah, all money. money. It was money, 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 money. And my kids never finished their food, so they're like, so I I was looking around because he's, he's a neighbour, right? So we've got the same bin protocols. And I said, "Where's your food bin?" And he said, "Food, food, what food?" I was like, right. So the council gives you a little bin, and you put your food in it, and then they take that away. And they, and and the the foreign exchange guy said, and then what do they do? Give it to the poor. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's like eggshells and tea bags. And then, but then, but I thought he would be really embarrassed, like the most embarrassed ever. But he wasn't embarrassed at all. He was like, oh, like, like, oh, that's an easy mistake to make that I just made. <laughs> anyway, it's pretty scallier, I guess. So to bring it back briefly to kids, like, how do you... It's a, so I was I was raised by, like, a family of socialists. My granddad mm. actually stood for parliament for the communists, like, oh, really? in the 50s. My dad was a communist. I mean, oh. my granddad was a communist. Oh. We knew each other. Maybe we're related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I was raised, I would say, the right way. My husband would say indoctrinated. Um, and his, his argument is, you know, we, we don't... Um, we don't it's not popular now to tell your kids to have a religion always like it's yeah yeah, yeah, much, yeah I'm yeah. phrasing it back you're kind of saying are you allowed to ram it down your kids throat yeah but like are, it's acceptable I think <laughs> to kind of make your is it acceptable to make your children left wing and to raise them with but the to have is, your ideals and your I've got two observations on this one is we all raise our children as socialists anyway even the most even the most inveterately self-involved self-interested hedge fund manager doesn't want to see his kid not be not be able to share with another kid so we all we all say we all privilege sharing and cooperation we all praise um communitarian behavior we all want our kids to treat other other children kindly it the, the real mystery is why we don't then import any of those values back to our own lives because it seems to me to be bizarre to think to go, to kind of drop your kid off at nursery, telling them to share and be kind, and then go into work and do everything for profit and not care about what actually happens to the people you're doing it to. It seems really bizarre to have that kind of disconnect, and I think that's that probably makes some people quite unhappy, if I'm honest. I 
don't think it is indoctrination because I think we, we all give our children an account of the world and the account of the world that I give them, which, inc- which includes marks, is no more divorced from reality than an account of the world which includes Dickens or anybody else. You're just kind of telling them what you've read and what it says. And that's, mm. I don't think, indoctrination. But my son is a much more natural socialist than I am, which I found really unnerving. He said ages and ages ago that he didn't understand why food wasn't free because if you need it, then it shouldn't be possible to profit from it. And then he said recently he didn't understand why housing should be, shouldn't be free because it made no sense. It made no sense if, you were, if it was something that you needed to live for it to be contingent upon you being able to afford it because mm. nobody would want you to die for not being able to afford it. He kind of understood instinctively that the kind of money system was sec- should come secondary to a system of human dignity. So I kind of understood that he... He was, should be running. Yeah, he should well, be running for it. It made me think he's a, different, he's, he's a different person to me with a different mind. Yeah. Um, and no indoctrination would make any difference, I don't think. Well, that's all, you know, that's all good. But I think it's time for a game, Helen, don't you? I think so. I'm very excited about this game. It's called Political Food. Ooh. If politicians were food. So what I'm going to do... Should mm. I do like a, like a test quiz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do so, so... If it was a Scottish MP and and a pink fish, it would be... Alex Sam. Yeah, okay, that was a really yeah, easy one. This is wordplay, but tell me anyway, yes. <sighs> we should have intellectuals on the podcast. I was, I was genuinely thinking I would definitely say David Cameron was ham. Yeah, you've got David Hammeron in there, haven't you? You've got it in there, haven't you? Shh. <laughs> oh my Hush God. now, my friends. Okay. An old Labour leader made from young meat, it is... <laughs> That's right, Zoe. It's Veal Kinnock. Yes! Do you know why I know that? Because she posted that on Facebook yesterday and said, I've just written this joke. I'm taking the rest of the day off. <laughs> Veal Kinnock! Yeah. Veal Kinnock! That's so funny. I wouldn't have got that in a million years. Okay. Give me another one. Right, his come, wife, Lettuce. My, my competitive blood is up. All right, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Made from yeast and the son of a socialist, it is... Hilary Benn. No. Hillary Bunn. No. Hillary Bunn. Oh, that's good. No, it is. Hillary. Bread Miliband. <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Sweet pastry, ex-Labour leader accused of war crimes. It is. <laughs> <laughs> a sec. I don't remember an ex-Labour leader being accused of war crimes. Well, you know, just in the papers. <laughs> Not war crimes. Yeah, 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 he's a war criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it is? Yeah. Oh, well, it's, oh it's, so it's Tony Blair. Um, it's Tony Blair. It's, it's Tony... a sweet pastry. Tony, Tony Eclair. Yes! Yes! That's... Oh, wow! We're Ready? Yeah. A PM made of cheap meat that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It is... Come on, Zoe. David Hammeron. Yes. David Spammeron. David oh. Spammeron. Oh. See, it hasn't oh. been done before. Yeah. It hasn't been done before. Did you just change that so yeah. no, I wouldn't get it right? <laughs> that's the genius it really okay is. ready female Labour MP yeah. and a French bread roll it is is it Yvette Cooper and it's and Yvette is turned into something like Baguette Cooper yes Baguette. Yeah. <laughs> you just know her really well <laughs> ready legendary yeah. MP from Red Car in Northern Ireland and a spicy noodly soup it is did stuff with Northern Ireland mo oh. mo spicy noodly soup it is is it mo Molum, but what's the soup? 
Mo. She knows. Is it Mo Tom Yum? No, it's FOMO Lum. <laughs> Ex Lib Dem leader and from a chicken's butt. It is Nick Egg. Yes! Oh, yeah. Good one. Uh, Long term Lib Dem and a key ingredient in bolognese. It is. <gasps> I know. Yep. Mince Campbell. Yes! <laughs> Are you sure mince not? cable. Mince cable. Mince cable. Oh, yeah, mince cable. <laughs> Point to Zoe. I was thinking of mint mince cable. cable. Yeah, yeah, but that could have been that mince could have done, Yeah. yeah. And good. and to finish, here's the decider. I feel like you're yeah. both winning. Look, yeah. Ali's yeah. actually got into a reverie. <laughs> <laughs> a pasty Tory MP and a herby French cheese. It is Borsan. Yeah. Um, does he look like Borsan? Yes, he does. He does. Like Borsan. Both. Is he Ian Duncan Borson? <laughs> He's also the Mayor of London. Is he Boris Borson? Johnson. Borson Johnson. <laughs> and that is the end of the game. Wow. Wow. You, you've done yourself. I could have cleaned my house yesterday, but I did this for you guys, man. Wow. That well, was good, man. That was really good. Well, we've almost come to the end of the podcast. We have. It's, it's time for Scummy Mummy Confessions. Have we got yeah. time for a quick yeah, yeah, confession? Got, go, Zoe, uh, go. Oh, God. But the whole the whole of my mothering is a, is one long confession. My scummy mummy confession is sort of for my own on behalf of my own parents, and we were talking earlier about indoctrination and mm. stuff. Um, so in I think it was 1985 when there was the Brighton bombing. Mm. Uh, we went for a family day out to Brighton, obviously. So right, no, we did. So we went. So we're driving, <laughs> but we were driving along the seafront, mm. and we saw this gigantic hole in the middle of the hotel. And I said, "Oh, what what happened, mummy?" And they said, "Oh, um, someone, uh, you know, there was a bomb." And I said, oh, what, 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 you know? And they said, well, um, someone was trying to kill Margaret Thatcher. And I went, oh, did they, did they do it? Did they kill her? And they said, no. And I said, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> and it was at that point, they thought, perhaps we've taken, taken it too far with this child. She actually wishes another human being dead. <laughs> perhaps we should tone it down with the old politics. Um, Helen, have you got a, a confession for us? Yeah, I, I, I came back from Australia on Monday and I did a 24-hour flight. And I don't with know, your kids? Yeah. And you know when you're just about, the, the plane has landed, you're all sort of lining up to leave. They're just about to open the doors. My daughter just went, Mummy, did you fart? Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like, no, I didn't know it. No, I didn't. She said, you sure you didn't fart? Because you smell like farts. You really, are you sure? Are you sure? Like this silent A380 with that 600 people. I was like, no, I didn't fart. I really didn't fart. Because it smelled a lot during the flight. So <laughs> it might, I might have just, <laughs> I hadn't farted within the last five minutes. So I felt like I wasn't you like lying. You were, you were telling the truth. My daughter said to me when she was about three years old, I, she didn't have any animus towards me at all at this point. But she went up and touched my cheeks and my nose and went, Mummy, you're red here and here and here. And that's because you're old. <laughs> and I was like, it's not just because I'm old. It's also because I drink. <laughs> well, there we are. Oh, Scummy Mummy yes. Confessions. That is a nice way to end this podcast. I think so. If you have enjoyed it, please leave us an iTunes review. That's that's always helpful. Um, follow us on Twitter at Scummy Mummies. That's right. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And we're doing some live shows throughout the country. So check our live show pages on our website. Uh, we'll be doing Femmes on the Thames. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Zoe Williams needs a wee, so let's end it there. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much, Zoe. You've been a fantastic guest. Oh, thank you very much. And until next time, bye-bye. bye-bye. bye-bye.
God. Are you listening, Radio 4? No, yeah. no, you're not. <laughs> right, um, where are we? We've got a song about the weather. Oh, <laughs> shut up. Right, uh, <laughs> cut that out. Cut that out. Yeah, cut that out. <laughs> what do you want to do? Do you never want to go on there now, Shay? <laughs> What's your problem? I don't know. We're just angry because we just, haven't just been on it. Just down. Well, how do you think I feel about the fucking news quiz? <laughs> it's just outrageous. <gasps> Are you oh, listening, dear. Miles Jupp? Um, Are you listening, Miles Jupp? I mean, listen to me generally because I really like you. <laughs> Isn't that a new series at 6.30? Are you listening, Miles Jupp? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.